the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. I pursued my team. Why? Because I set my heart to pursue them. You know, I did the same thing to my wife. I pursued her, all right, whether I felt the love or not. What's the point here? We rely so much on what, what, why are we having so much trouble pursuing God's glory? Because we want to dictate how the relationship goes. You see, with the 49ers, I don't get to dictate whether they're going to win or not. I want them to win. Oh, heck yeah, yeah, I do. But I don't get to dictate who's going to play, how well they're going to play. None of that is up to me. But I set my heart to pursue them. And you know, why are we having so much trouble when it comes to God? Why? Because we want to dictate the relationship. And you know what we become? We become bandwagon fans. We're only there for the 49ers when they're winning. Yeah, some of you, you, that way. Shame on you. Shame. No. That's not right. We set our hearts on the things of God, whether things are going well or not, whether He's doing the things we want Him to do or not, whether He's speaking to us loudly or whether He's quiet. We set our hearts to pursue the glory of God. That's what, been, what it means to be a Christian. Well, Pastor, I, str- I struggle because I don't set my heart. Listen to me. It's easy to set your heart on God. Just set it. Don't have to struggle. You can do it. God wants to be in charge of our relationship with Him, not the other way around. He has to be in charge. We need to allow Him to change our heart. Deuteronomy 30 verse 6, He said this to His people. The Lord your God will change your heart. Oh, I love that. The Lord your God will change your heart and the hearts of all your descendants. Yeah, you have children? So that they or you will love Him with all your heart and soul and so you may live. Let me read that again. That's a beautiful verse, isn't it? It's worth putting on your refrigerator. It's worth putting on everywhere in your house. It's the Lord will change your heart and the hearts of all your descendants so that you will love Him with all your heart and soul and so you may live. And that bring, brings us to the next point in this pursuit of greatness called Christ-likeness. And that is number two. We need to learn to surrender our grudges. 
Oh, this one's big. This one's big. We miss this in the gospel. We miss this big time. That's why we, we couldn't be great. Uh, we couldn't have a great life. And, you know, our view of God is so negative. Our view of God is so religious Did you know that the one, th- the one thing that Jesus made clear when he came into this world and proclaimed the kingdom of God, did you know the one clear message that Jesus had for the world? It's this. Listen very carefully. Maybe you haven't considered this. This is the message that Jesus sent to the world and he died on the cross for. Jesus said, instead of God judging you and punishing you and I for our sins, he decided to put his grudges on the shoulder of Jesus. That's the gospel. Instead of making us pay for our sins, he sent us a Savior instead. Jesus dying on the cross is the ultimate act of God letting go of his judgment against us through Christ. Romans 15.3 says, For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Speaking of our unbelief. That's why when we say, hey, come to Jesus. I mean, we, they, people laugh at us now, you know. People laugh at us when we say, come to Jesus. You know, oh, this preacher, he's, he's one of those who wants to elicit this come to Jesus moment, you know. I mean, they mock us for that now. Come to Jesus, you know, and all of that. You know what, I'm not ashamed of it. Because only through Jesus will I skip the judgment of the wrath of God. I'm not going to face Jesus on the day of judgment awaiting to be judged according to his wrath. Because of Jesus, I'm going to be judged according to his mercy. You don't want to be judged by God according to his wrath. And it's coming to those who do not believe. That's what the scripture says. How do we respond to that? We also must surrender our grudges if we want to be great in the sight of God. There's no other way. God says if you want to If you want true greatness, if you want to have a great life, you're going to have to let go of your bitternesses, your hatred. You're going to have to release people who hurt you, abused you, cheated on you, mistreated you. You're going to have to let go. You're going to have to move on. What happens when we fully surrender our grudges? We deny ourselves the pleasure of of that vengeance thing that the Bible warns us about. Because now we're going to begin to live like Jesus who suspended that hate in favor of grace and mercy. Our motives are no longer selfish, but Christ-centered. Now I want to let you know, you've heard sermons like this before, but I want you to know, sometimes we need to really internalize what we need to do on the inside. You know, many of us have, uh, you know, a lot of baggage we're carrying, and we try to deny it. Oh, it's no longer there. But then again, it stifles us in life. It stifles us. 
Second Corinthians 5.15 says, And He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. You know, sometimes, we, you know, you know, when we're Christians, we're suppo- we've been baptized, we're supposed to be raised in this new life, but we could not move forward in the new life because all of the bad thinking that was there had never been really been removed. We haven't renounced the dark things. We haven't renounced all the false ideas that we have. We haven't renounced everything that we're supposed to renounce in our lives. And so even, even though God wants to, to, to put a great value in our lives, even though we want to have, have that that life that is glorifying to God, we get stifled because we remember or we resurrect the wrong things in our lives. Pastor, you just don't know how much I've been hurt or the kind of things that I've endured in the hands of people. I just don't, you just don't know. What I have to deal with day in and day out, I can't remove all the things that are in my head. Every time I think about it, I get, mm. God needs to help me on this thing. You need to call on the Lord on that. But I want to assure you of one thing. If you had been hurt, if you had been mistreated, and I want to say this to you again and again and again. God's judgment is coming on everyone. Your job and mine is to skip the judgment according to God's wrath and pursue His judgment according to His mercy. That's our preoccupation. Listen, no one will get away with anything. The cross of Jesus will make sure of that. I know and you know that and God knows it's difficult to do. But it's something we need to surrender to God. Holding on to our pain, our grudges, will kill us spiritually. And it can also trim our years here on earth. Yeah, you know, studies after studies says, you know, if you're carrying too much baggage, too much guilt, too much of this bitterness, too much of this stuff in your life, you're going to trim years in your life. That is if you're reasonably healthy. If you want to pray for a long life. How many of you are praying for a long life? I, I, I'm praying for a long life. You know, you know what? My prayer starts for a long life. Lord, help me forgive the worship team. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You start there. You start by offering forgiveness. Removing the grudges. If you want to have a long life, this is exclusively for praying for a long life. You want to pray for a long life? Begin with killing those things that is killing, that are killing your life. It's not easy. No one says it's easy. God will not answer your prayers if you're holding grudges. Oh, that's a straight statement. Oh, you know, you can pray all you want. But if you're holding something, you haven't released people in your life, or you haven't released a situation, or you haven't released a sin, you know, I don't want that anymore. Yeah, God's not going to. I mean, He hears you, and He wants to answer you. He wants to show you His mercy. But then again, He wants you to look at what Jesus did on the cross. That's the basis by which God answers the prayers, right? Well, wait a minute. You know, I, he died for that sin. Why are you holding on to it? Right? 
He, he, my, I gave you everything. Why are you holding on? Why are you, why are you holding on to that unbelief? Why are you holding on to that stupid notion that God doesn't want to be involved in your life? You know, a lot of people that I talk to, they talk like God's not involved in their lives. You know, they speak like, you know, they've been dealing with the issue by themselves. If you're a Christian, don't deal with the issue. By, you can never deal with the issue by yourself. Because God has assured us that we will make it through this life. How did he do it? He gave us salvation. He gave us Jesus. He gave us the church. He gave us the Bible. He gave us all kinds of different people. He gave us his blessing. And he gave us the Holy Spirit. Why do we still say, well, I'm struggling, Pastor, with unforgiveness? Why? Why, are we, why do we struggle with that? I, I know it's hard. We struggle with it because we want to hold on. We want to hold on. Really, we do. We're afraid to let go and, and, and ask God to take us to different places in life. You know, it's not easy. But then again, do you think it's easy for God to send Jesus on the cross? Is that an easy thing? <laughs> the whole of heaven shuts down. It was silent on the day that Jesus died. People seem to think, oh, it's just Jesus who suffered. No, the triune God suffered. That's on our account. Thirdly, you want to become like Jesus and be great in the sight of God? You and I must be sacrificial in our giving just like Jesus did. God spared no expense in securing our salvation. God has sacrificed His only begotten Son for us and you say, I understand that, Pastor, already, but understanding that alone is not enough. We must respond to that. And how do we respond to that? By sacrificially imitating the generosity of our Lord. Some of you are saying, here we go. Pastor is going to talk about giving money now and building renovations and stuff like that. Yeah, we need a new kitchen. Thanksgiving is coming up and... We're going to have turkey, and I, I, I don't want it to be cold by the time I pick it up from the table to the table because it's cold outside. I, I don't want to eat like that. No, no, no. Being sacrificial in our giving is not just about giving money. In fact, it's not about money. It's about measuring our generosity in the sight of God. It's about measuring our devotion to Christ, our commitment to God as a church. Money is only a very small part of that. Sacrificial giving transcends the money thing by far. What does it mean to be a sacrific sacrificial in our giving? Well, every time we come to the Lord, listen, don't we unload to Him every time we come to Christ Every time we come to prayer, every time we come and, and engage God, we come to Him to surrender what? Our problems, our heartaches, our needs, our trials. We have sins that we need to confess. And that's what we do every time we come and engage God in worship. Those things we're unloading to God in a hope that God will lift our burdens and all of that. 
Because it's easier to unload our burdens to God because He cares for us. He does. But what about sacrificially giving up something in our lives in order to please God? What about giving up that relationship that stifles your growth in your relationship with God? What about surrendering those? What about sacrificing certain times in your life so that you can be with God? What about sacrificing, you know, uh, an important part of your life in order to please God? Sacrificing something that's near and dear in your heart. It won't be a sacrifice if it doesn't cost you and I anything and if we're not willing to give those things up. Money is the easiest thing we can offer and sacrifice to God. But what if he asks you to be a missionary to a very, very, very dark place like Hawaii or Puerto Vallarta? What if he asks you to give up just to be on a mission field? You know, I, I just cringe every time people say, I got to go, go on a mission trip. Well, well you know, we're starting a church in Paris. Right next to that Louis Vuitton store to reach the materialistic heathens in Paris. No, we say that as if there's a sacrifice involved. Oh, no, 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 no. Sacrifice is going to Paris and ordering from that menu. You can't pronounce the name that you... Listen, we know, we know about these things instinctively. But there are things, habits we must give up. Friendships that we must give up. I don't like to hear this, Pastor. I love my friends. If your friends are dragging you to the mud, you need to have to give them up in order to please God. What about doing something in order to fulfill and obey the word of Christ? You know, there's a verse in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 that we, that's in the context is about money, but I want to move it forward to mean something more than just money. First, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It doesn't just apply with, you know, with money. It applies on everything else. If you're going to give up your Sunday mornings, if you're going to give up... Uh, certain activities that, that often ha- happens on Sunday morning in order to be in worship with your brothers and sisters, that's sacrificial. I get it. All right? Uh, if you have to let go of something that's valuable to you in order to fulfill something that you know is going to please God, the Bible is all over that kind of thing. Teaches us how, how to do that. It's not exclusively money, but anything that disrupts the flow of eternal life in your life and mine. Listen to me, God will not ask you to give up something you love in exchange for something you hate. I love football, Pastor. God's going to give you a nice uh, recorder so you don't miss on anything. I allude to the promise that says no eyes have seen nor ears heard what God has prepared for those who love Him. Can I say that again? No eyes have seen nor ears have heard what God has prepared for those who love Him. And you know those who love Him? Those who are willing. Willing to give sacrificially for the glory and honor of God. I know you want me to end. So I'll end with a fourth thing this morning. Greatness 
secures our goal. When we seek God's glory, when we surrender our grudges, when we sacrifice in our giving, we will secure our goal. We will definitely find the most valuable treasure of all. Excellence, greatness in the sight of God. That's our goal. Our goal is to live up to what God says, I have bought you with a great price. I have spent the greatest value on you. Matthew 16, 25 to 26 says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good would it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Listen, this verse has to do with God saying to you, You are great in my sight, and I paid for your soul. I paid for your salvation. And it's time that you and I live up and secure that goal. Well, Pastor, that, that word living up, it seems impossible to me. Yes, it is. It's impossible without the presence of the Spirit of God in your life. Don't even try. So you need to ask the Holy Spirit's power. I need to ask the Holy Spirit's power so that I can get unstuck in the rut of life. You know, we often just accepted our lot in life and we say, it is what it is. Come on. And then we give up. We lose heart. We lose our faith. We lose our way because we look at the standard of the world and says, well, that's what's happening in this world. That's what's happening to other people. And I just have to accept the fact that that's what life is. No, it is not. God moves according to His own purpose in your life, not according to the purposes of this world and our own purposes. He wants you and I to be prepared for eternity. And I want to let you know, loved ones, He's going to do whatever it takes so that we're ready when we hit eternity. He wants us to spend eternity with Him. Why do you think He sent Jesus to die on the cross? The value that we have in God's sight is he, we are His inheritance. The Bible says we are His inheritance. Okay? You look at yourself in the mirror and you have to say every morning, even without makeup, that's an inheritance. Even with all the wrinkles, that's God's inheritance right there. Don't look in the mirror and says, oh, another day. Oh, another. That's not worshiping God. That's how you worship God in the morning. Okay? But the first thing you look at in the morning, your face. And you look at your face in the mirror and you say, okay, this is God's inheritance. How can God be so excited about this inheritance? Okay? I mean, that has to be simple enough. Don't look at the standard of the world. Don't look at the purposes of the world. God wants you to focus less and less on your problems in this world, but to set your eyes on eternity. Set your eyes on eternity. Yes, heaven is where you're going. You need to set your eyes on eternity. You're handsome now. You're buffed. You're, you're, you're good now. That's not going to last, and time is short. Believe me, it, 
you know. Sometimes you look in the mirror and you say, I'm so good looking, it hurts. A time will come when you look in the mirror and you say, it hurts. But not for the reasons you think. Ephesians 3.8, Paul says this. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, I'm the least of the least. I'm less than the least of all of the Lord's people. This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. Boundless riches of Christ. He's saying, I may not be all that I want to be. I may no longer be the same person that I was. But by God's grace, my riches is without limit. I am actually being more useful in my lowly position so I can project the greatness of God. What makes me great is the fact that God in Christ is magnified in my life. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, Jesus is the one that is projected in our lives and that means greatness. That's what happens when God measures our greatness according to our similarity with Jesus. The power is the pearl of great price. The life of Christ that is lived in us. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.